Can you hear me okay? Because I do actually, I preempted it and I actually put my headphones on. Whoa. That's the only thing I preempted. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, oh shit, I'm not even on Skype. <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there waiting. <laughs> He's not even on Skype. Brilliant. That is fucking priceless. Yo. I was just sitting there and I'm like, sitting here and I'm like, I wonder when they're going to call. <laughs> and I'm not These even on Skype. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for the least comfortable podcast yet. Why least comfortable? I'm sitting here in a mostly dry bathing suit. I just ate like 50 pounds of food that I shoved down my throat and uh, guzzled a whole Starbucks coffee. Yeah. yeah. So, Starbucks. Something's going to happen, man. I, either I'm going to shit myself live or, or I'm going to chafe right out of this chair. I don't know what. Those are the only choices? Oh, please throw up on, on live. Go on. You know I'd love it. Well, what if I have to shit live, Shane? Well, that would be funny. Because, like, we'd be listening to you pebble-dashing the porcelain. So Pebble-dashing be... the porcelain? Yeah. That's hilarious. I've never <laughs> heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> so every time you pebble-dash the porcelain, you'll think of me, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing me, I'd say it in person. I would just stutter over my own words anyway. And I'm like, pebble uh <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna drop rocks on your uh, ceramic. Dropping the kids off at the pool. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, spine. Or oh, as I like to used, or oh, as I used to like to call it, um, was it the green apple splatters? Quoting Kenny from South Park. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> but pebble dashing the porcelain sounds a lot better and more civilized. Yeah, yeah, much more civilized. Oh yeah. And that's saying, really I'm just gonna about. go and have a shit or you know, lay a cable. Now now you're just going too far. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, you know what I gotta do? I gotta oh. add like a laugh track to this. Oh my god. Really? And just spam it throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Anytime any of us make a joke. That would be the worst. We'd go from like one listener to zero. Yeah, and yeah. then we'd go from two, three presenters to one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you'd stay, Shane? Fuck no. <laughs> fucking laugh track. <laughs> Whatever next. Oh, you gotta get all the sounds. <laughs> Gotta get some whooping in there. Whoop! Oh, fuck. I got sunscreen in my eye. God damn it. Val was whooping the other day to me. What, like Arsenio Hall whooping? Or what? No, she does this, like, monkey whoop. And, uh, like, we were looking. She was behind me. She was driving separately somewhere. And I was like, hey, look, it's your boyfriend over there. And some big fat guy eating outside. And she goes, uh oh. <laughs> and I just started. Dying. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what is that noise? Do you hear that? 
Your Where's house coming online. from? I don't know. Maybe it's from my house. I don't. I can't really. Here, tell. I'll mute my mic. What is that noise? Could be my is extractor a, fan. Is it a smoke detector? I hear a little beep. Oh no! Oh, that's a dog. It's a dog screaming. <laughs> I was going to say my extractor fan in my bathroom is on. Well, we know that, Shane, because you just yeah. took a huge shit, or whatever you called it, well, dashing the pebble porcelains. No, it's pebble dashing the porcelain. <laughs> I will repeat it several times throughout this podcast so people understand what I mean. Thanks. That's okay. Maybe you should have just recorded from the toilet. Hey, I don't need to take a shit right now. So I'm uh, all good. God damn it, this is burning my eye. <clears throat> Right, I'm gonna s- struggle through it. I'm gonna do most of this podcast with one eye closed. That's fine. Oh, that's how good I am. <laughs> anyway, we're your official sponsors of upcoming horn. <laughs> Where we fuck things up on a weekly basis. Way. Mike, I can let you do the intro. No, nah, I don't. I, I no. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak too well, man. I would stutter over everything. <laughs> A real Rich Evans. <laughs> yeah. A real Munson. <laughs> Munson? Oh, my God. I watched that not like... Maybe it was a month ago that I watched really? that. Oh. It just... It brought everything back. I hadn't watched it in, in years and years. Did you ever hear... The f- I know this is so stupid, but, like, did you ever hear of the Woody Harrelson Reddit AMA? Oh, the Rampart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, that made me, like, completely look at Woody Harrelson a different way, but, like, I will always watch Kingpin <laughs> whenever oh, chance yeah. I get. Oh, my God, it's so good. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. There's a car, there's a train That's... crash, and there's a giant storm of shit. shit. A shit storm? <laughs> I think I can smell it. <laughs> oh, man, that was um, when Randy Quaid was less insane. Yeah. He was less insane? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, he had a career back then. He did? Yep. Holy shit. Oh, God. Okay. All right. You guys ready to get started here? Absolutely. Yeah. Go on now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I forgot yeah, how sure, I do this. Do go I, on. Do I play the fucking intro first? I don't remember. Oh, fuck's sakes. Oh, I do. Yeah. Please. That's right. Welcome to the most disorganized podcast in history. All you need is blood. like going in and out like it was getting so distorted i think the volume just went out on our end i'm sure it was fine on yours yeah. but it was uh, just funny that's like the, the <laughs> budget we have for this <laughs> listen i paid good money 4.99 for this program right. yeah yeah whatever i'll, re- I'll reimburse you, you. yeah you you've, got- gone, you've said this before ryan yeah <laughs> it was that or i could buy like a thousand dollar hardware piece <laughs> that wasn't gonna happen 
And it sucks. It's, let's oh, face it, it sucks. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, well, welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode number 89. I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo, and joining me are my co-hosts, Mike Whittemore and Shane Smith. Boys, how we doing today? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that was great timing, man. That was fantastic. Oh, we are on point today. I'm very excited. All right, so welcome to the podcast where we like to discuss horror movies, talk shit to each other, various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, whatever else happens to come up. We're the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com, and if you want to reach the podcast, all you need is blood pod at Gmail, our Facebook group, all you need is blood, the Instagram account, all you need is blood podcast, and if you're listening to us, it's probably on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify... Although, actually, I just got an email from Google Play saying they're changing their platform or something. It's no longer going to be, like, just Google Play. It's going to be, like, Google Podcast or something. And we're banned? Probably. I think it was because of us. I think it was the last episode that really did it. They're They're changing the whole algorithm just for us. (laughs) This isn't working. These guys are on here. There's too much swearing from the English guy. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, if you hear some uh, desperate howling in the back, that's uh, Odie downstairs. Uh, his life is coming to an end because he wasn't allowed to go on a walk with Lisa and the other dog. Oh dear! Yeah, he's very upset about it. And if you hear me suddenly disappearing and looking for the cat. Um, my front door is wide open because I have no breeze. My fan broke, so I can't use my fan. That's actually a good thing because there's a noisy bastard. And I'll probably be going to search for the cat because he's more than likely exploring the, um, the upper floors of Sorrel House. Because Mm. one of the fire, one of the fire exit doors got destroyed on Friday. That's safe. Yeah. And um, <laughs> basically, Ziggy's discovered he can actually go out onto the main foyer okay. of where I live. So, um, I hear you know, him. <laughs> <laughs> He's still there. Yeah. You can tell. No, I can't even see him because he, he fucked off at the front door a few minutes ago. <laughs> he's gone creeping off. So I know for a fact he's either gone exploring or he is sitting on the chair that is outside my neighbor's flat. Which he did last night. That bastard. He's a little oh, shit. There he goes. All right, fellas. Well, I am fucking whooped today. Oh, I had to go kayaking, do some serious exercise. Man, what a horrible life you have, you know? That's shocking. Yeah, we did. We did the most white people thing ever. <laughs> we, we took our we took our dog kayaking. And stuck him on the front of a kayak. Val's been talking about wanting to go kayaking. I've I've never kayaked, and I don't know how to swim. So. Oh my god! You know how to swim? I could float there. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, Ryan fat floats, so me and Mike would be okay. You know, we could we could float, but trying getting getting us to paddle, no. That's I'm not pretty sure my boobs would keep me above water. Oh, my my boobs would keep me afloat, definitely. Mm-hmm. And probably my ass fat. So uh, Ryan, right. Ryan doesn't have man boobs. What a loser. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Don't worry, guys. I'm well on my way. <laughs> I went. Oh my god! I went to the grocery store yesterday because I was, because I watched this video online of a guy making. Uh, what did he, What was it called? Um, uh, oh, a, a Dole Whip, which is like this uh, this uh, frozen drink they serve at Disney World, and it's basically just like frozen pineapple blended up with like some coconut milk and sugar. But the guy's like, oh, you can also put rum in it. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Now I want to do that. Right. So I, I, went to, I went to the store to get supplies. And I saw, as I'm go, of course, this is what always happens. I go through the store and I'm like, oh, my God. They've got pumpkin spice Cheerios. Well, now I got to buy these. So I bought those. And I bought milk, which I haven't bought milk in like eight years, maybe more. And uh, I got and I couldn't find the fucking frozen pineapple. There was no frozen pineapple. So I ended up getting like this mixture that said it was pineapple and guava and like some cranberries. I'm like, oh, whatever. That sounds good. So I fucking put that in the blender. It's 99% cranberries. It was just blended cranberries and it tasted like bitter shit. Oh, my God. Oh, we still drank it with rum. So that was rum. If you had a... uh... What what's the word where you're? Why would you need uh, cranberries to flush out your your pee pee? What's the name? Oh, of like, it? like a UTI? Yeah, UTI. Like if you had a UTI, you'd be good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, now I'm good for like a whole year now. I don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> UTIs you want? Yeah. And you'll be you'll be shitting through the eye of a needle before you know it. <laughs> it means it means you'll have the diarrhea of a lifetime. <laughs> be shitting through the eye of a needle. <laughs> Shane, you're you're dropping some some genius level. Why? Thank you very shit much. Puns on us today. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a Facebook status wait. That is a Facebook status waiting to happen. Oh, the dog made it upstairs. He's at the door. Oh dear! It's gonna you're be like you're a, making uh, your dog sound like he's fucking Cujo or something. It's gonna be like a shining situation. <laughs> Let me open the door so he doesn't lose it. I'll be right back. <laughs> come on, come inside. Okay, you're here. I'm here now too. All right. Okay, Odie. I know. Oh, your life is so bad. That's his tail. I can hear the tail. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now I think he's relaxed. All right, so other than being fat bastards amongst all three of us, uh, what what have you guys been up to recently? Shane, do you have children fighting in the background? Is there like a child fight club going on? Um, Basically, where I live, I live between... Right, there is a bike path, there's a cycle path. That goes between my flat, the block of flats where I live, and the home for autistic people on the other side. So if it's not kids shouting and fighting, it's the people with autism kicking off over the side, over the other side. And then on the other side is a garden of the property where I live, and there are people out there with dogs. Well, tell them to shut up. Well, what else has been going on with you, for you, Shane, aside from your neighbors? Um, I had my birthday a few weeks back. Well, happy birthday, Shane. Did yes. we celebrate your birthday last time? I think we did. I think he's fishing for more birthday yeah. compliments. I can't fucking remember. 
Yeah, well, officially, I'm an old bastard. I'm over the hill. I'm 46. Yikes. I know. <laughs> um, I got a new sofa. That is incredibly comfortable. Um, oh, hello, Ziggy. You've decided to join me then. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I got a new sofa. I bought some Blu-rays. Um, I, I somebody sold me a copy of The Raid on Blu-ray for Ooh. a pound. A pound? One pound. Oh, Man. that's worth it. Yeah. Oh, fuck yes. And I also got all four seasons of Blackadder on DVD. <laughs> awesome. I fucking love Blackadder. Yes, all right, Ziggy. It's, it's fine. It's, just Ziggy cold. also loves it. Yeah, Ziggy likes Black Adder too. Yeah. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, I bought some music. I haven't gotten around to gotten that out, getting that album yet because I'm fucking broke, Mike. Um, I can't buy it until this week. My dress. Yeah, there's uh, a uh, wow, <clears throat> record label called Twenty Bucks Spin, and they've been yeah. releasing some industrial albums vatican shadow and black magnet yeah vatican shadow is the one i'm after because <clears throat> did you pre-order that no it's the one of the only ones i haven't pre-ordered to be honest oh, okay you. yeah i'll probably pre-order that this week but i have to be careful um when ordering stuff from the united states because occasionally british customs like to put a tax on top of it that i'll have to pay before they deliver it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's a um, a glow-in-the-dark version of that album that sold out. That, uh, the other ones are you can get. Yeah, well, the thing with glow-in-the-dark vinyl is that it doesn't play properly. Yeah, it's... That's, really? Yeah. That, kind have, of, uh, that sucks. Yeah. I've always wanted to own a glow-in-the-dark vinyl so I can freak people out, you know, but... My Black Dahlia Murder one I just bought a couple months ago was just glow in the dark. It was pretty rad, but that's I only saw. I was like, "Hey, look, it glows in the dark," and it's been sitting in the record sleeve ever since. It's yeah. in its sleeve. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, not really a great deal to be honest. I haven't really been doing a great deal. Uh, I've been suffering in the heat because I'm fat, and um, you know it's. But the past few days have been hideous with heat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right? Yeah, you've I think been... Ziggy's got more to say about the heat than you, Shane. I don't know. Yeah, you've been suffering too, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he got come up here. He coming up here. I think he's complaining because he can hear me talking, but he can't hear anybody talking back. <laughs> yeah, that's his problem. Yeah, because he knows I'm doing a podcast, and whenever I do a podcast, he often sits on the computer desk listening. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but um, other than that, I haven't really been doing much. I am going to be selling some vinyl, though. So I'll give you first, refusal, first refusal, Mike. Sweet. Um, but yeah, other than that, just been watching movies when I can be bothered. Um, I found a new vegan chocolate place in Norwich. Well, I say vegan, it does vegan chocolate, but it also sells 
all kinds of other stuff. It's called Monty Zoomers. Um, now, now you're going to get sponsored by him. You're going to get all this free chocolate, vegan chocolate. Wait. Yeah, bring it on, motherfuckers. Um, I'll, we'll be, well, I'll be the official vegan podcast of chocolate. No, you fucking Don't won't. Run. This is mine, motherfucker. <laughs> I might send the occasional sample through, but no, it's um, I got some stuff. It's uh, black forest chocolate. It's dark chocolate with a black cherry puree kind of truffle. Oof. And there's also a cherry pie. Um, yeah. But it just so happens that um, the bars I picked up... Oh, I picked up a butterscotch one, which was quite nice. But the bars that I picked up, turns out they were vegan. And... Um, this kind of vegan chocolate disagreed with me on a grand scale. Really? Yes, because I was literally pebble dashing the toilet for days afterwards. I was like, oh, that didn't feel good. But you still get more. So you're going to get more of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do have the flavors, you see. I walked in and they had a wall of about 150 different flavors of chocolate. And I was like, sweet Jeebus, um, which one do I go for? And literally, it was the Black Forest and the Cherry Pie and the Butterscotch were the ones that jumped over at me. They Butterscotch. All, yeah. You are old. Fuck off. <laughs> and they also do 100% pure black cocoa. Yeah, but why would you want that? I wouldn't, personally. Because that's just like, it looks black, it looks like tar. Yeah. My cousin bought like an, uh, it was like a 95% cocoa bar once. And he, he got like so excited. He's like, oh, I love dark chocolate. This is going to be great. And I'm like, dude, that's uh, that's like for cooking. That's not for like eating. He cracks it open and takes a bite and he just goes, uh, it tastes like chewing on coffee beans. I'm like, yeah, that's about, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's yeah, that's the ingredient. Eating cocoa beans. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm probably I'll get I've actually got to get some for a friend of mine in California. Oddly enough, because they do a lemon meringue pie chocolate bar as well. Lemon meringue pie. Yeah, that sounds fucking good. Yeah, so I've got to get in one of those. But I think it's white chocolate with lemon, and it's got meringue pieces in it. So that'd be quite interesting. Awesome. And it's still cheaper than Hotel Chocolat. I don't know what that is. There's actually branches of Hotel Chocolat in the States. It, I know there's one in New York. But I don't know where else. Sounds like a fancy hotel. I'm more of a Holiday Inn guy myself. I could just imagine that. Holiday Inn chocolate. <laughs> you get them right on your pillow. They're delicious. I don't even yeah. think we have chocolate out of the hotel I work at. No? I don't think so. It might be some like random Chicago chocolate. Is that like just Andy's mints they throw on there? What, like 90% sugar and with a hint of cocoa? I'm not sure. I know, like, we give out a lot of uh, popcorn from, um, uh, what's the name of the popcorn place that I don't know and I'm asking two people that don't live in Chicago when I do? Smart food. No. <laughs> God, no. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, Orville Redenbacher. Hold on. Chicago popcorn. Pop secret. It's uh, Garrett. Garrett's oh. popcorn. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
that's my story. I'm glad I could share with you guys. Oh, I don't know. That. All right. So, Mike, other than not handing out uh, chocolates and popcorn, what have you been up to recently? Uh, well, I started playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is phenomenal. I have heard so many oh good God. things about that. It's. I, I was super excited because when I started the game, it asks me uh, how I want to perceive the audio. And there's an option for Japanese vocals and like with English subtitles. And I was so excited because I love hearing like... Like if you're watching a movie, you want to hear what they're saying in their uh, like language rather than just everyone speaking English. It kind of takes me out of it a little bit. So like them speaking like Japanese is just gives me. It's I'm saying it's like I'm more immersed, I guess. Yeah. So uh, in so many words, but yeah, I've been. And that, uh, that's like a full-on samurai game, right? Yeah, there's. It's a lot of people thought it was going to be more. Um, like fantasy like probably because of like Sekiro and stuff like that but this is 100% like haikus and praying to shrines and it's it's really awesome I love it so far it's like my favorite game I played this year um if it's PlayStation 4 exclusive but if they ever decided to bring it to Xbox I would probably buy it again I love it um other than that I've just been I got school starting up tomorrow again, and um, still sitting at home, doing watching horror movies every day for my year of horror. And uh, I've I've seen you've been plowing through the leprechauns. Yeah, well, so I've you know I only seen the first two before I believe. I was like, okay, I know what to expect. I've seen Leprechaun one so many times. Yeah. Um, then Leprechaun two, I rewatched. I was like, okay, it's pretty good. And then everyone's like, oh, Leprechaun three is really good too. I'm like, all right. So I really like Leprechaun three. He's in Vegas. You know, he talks to Elvis. Oh, that one's ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. so ridiculous and fun. Um, and then everyone's like, man, Leprechaun four in space is so bad. I'm thinking to myself, well, how much worse could it really be? Like these movies are good, but I'm not going to say they're masterpieces. Uh oh, hold on, I got a burp coming. And it's gone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Everyone is like, you know, Leprechaun 4 in space is really bad. Like, okay. Well, so I put it on because I got the Legacy Collection. I have all of them up till Origins. And man, that one was rough. (laughs) Like, you could tell. Oh, man. The production value is so ridiculously low. It's yeah. so bad. I couldn't believe how or- bad it was. Like Origins was the one that has like nothing to do with the other movies, right? right. And then I guess they made a sequel to that. What? Yeah. I- well, I know. I know they made. I, I think it's called like Leprechaun Returns or something, where they made it more like the re- the others, the previous ones. Mm-hmm. I'm not well, sure. I haven't seen that one. But you know, even Leprechaun Four in Space. To me, I mean, Warwick Davis is still in it, and he's still really fun. Like, he's shooting these guys with guns and everything, and <laughs> they have, like, three shootouts in the whole movie with space weapons, and it's just, it's a lot, there's some parts that are a lot of fun, but, man, it, that's that's pretty terrible. I also um, took apart my PC for the first time in, like, five, five years, and I remember last year I was having problems with, like, heating. So, like, ah, I'll just spray some compressed air into it. And then it, it stopped overheating. I took that apart, like, a week or two ago. There is... <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised, but I don't even know how air was even going into that computer. Because it was <laughs> so unbelievably dusty. 
I guess I'm just trying to find ways to kill some time, I guess, until I get called back to work, which I think is going to be soon. So I've been trying to eat better so I could fit into my work uniform. Oh, Jesus. Because I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go in there. I'm like, hey, I'm ready to work again. I can't button my shirt. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to like go into somebody's like hotel room with like three buttons button. Like, what's wrong with the air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Cool. So let's see. What have I been doing? I, uh, I started watching Breaking Bad again and I, and I shouldn't have, but I did. And now I have to just keep plowing through till I finish the whole thing. It's so fucking good. Oh, easy, Shane. That oh mid-season, like, finale, like, when Hank's on the toilet. Oh, my God. That gave me goosebumps for, like, a year. I kept watching that scene over and over again for the entire year. And I'm like, I cannot wait to see what happens. Yeah. That, all of Breaking Bad is so good. I, I love it. Like, you just... It, it's one of my favorite shows of all time, definitely. And it, it makes me realize, like... I like Better Call Saul, but it in no way is the same as Breaking Bad. Like, Breaking Bad is so much better. I never even watch watched like Better Call times. Saul yet. It's good. And, and it's all prequel stuff, so it's all taking place before the events of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And, and it has a ton of characters that are in Breaking Bad, so you get to, like, see a lot of background on some of these guys. And you're like, oh, okay, it's cool to know all that stuff. And it's got great performances and some other awesome things, but, man, it, it just doesn't have the punches to the face that Breaking Bad has when you have, like, something so tense coming up. You're like, oh, my God, he's going to find out. This is it. Holy shit. But, uh, but yeah, so that's been that's been good. I also started uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Good stuff. And I'm probably, I want to say, like, four or five episodes in. And I'm liking it so far. I'll save, like, a, uh, I guess, a review or whatever. We'll probably cover it on a future episode. But I'm making my way through that. Uh, let's see, what else recently? Oh, I got in, finally, uh, my copy of Blue Monkey on Blu-ray. Finally. very excited for. <laughs> I'm sure you um, are. Oh, Shane, I can't wait. It's like the best insect movie you can get on VHS. And now it's on Blu-ray. <laughs> it's going to be so good. I can't wait to watch that. That's nice. And... <laughs> Let's see, video game stuff I've been doing. Um, Elisa and I started Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I heard that's really fun. It is. It, it's it's sort of a blast where you can, like, especially for the co-op, like, you're both playing at the same time, and you're just yelling at each other, like, no, don't pull it, like, don't activate that thing till I get over there. Stop doing this. And uh, But it's good. Like, you're jumping back and forth. It's, you know, great Donkey Kong gameplay mechanics you'd expect. It's pretty fun. We, uh, I think we got to, like, the fourth or fifth, like, area. And uh, I'm not sure how much more we have to go, but it's pretty awesome. But we're, we're just plowing through it. Like, there's so many collectibles and things you sh- you can get to, like, unlock different paths and levels and secrets and bonuses. And we're just, like, we, ca- we can't be bothered with that. We'll see, like, you know, a, a Donkey Kong letter, like, floating above a pit. And I'm like, are you going to get that? No. Are you going to get that? Fuck it, let's just end the level. <laughs> it's such a good feeling. Like, for the last four years, my buddy and I uh, will play Resident Evil 5. Um, and he's been coming over here, and he, we've been playing it, like, once a week for 
a, a long, long time. And they've got these blue emblems in there and throughout the levels. There's like 30 in total in Resident Evil 5. And uh, we just got the last one the other day. And I only had to look up one of them. Because we're trying to 100, completely 100% the game. And yeah. we're trying to figure out like what the next game we're going to play is. And he was asking me, I'm like, dude, it's... And you're, you're just finishing Resident Evil 5 now. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't like... Neither of us like the other ones. Which <laughs> it's, to... just, it's, it's funny, because that game's like, what, 12 years old? Yeah, it, and we don't like the other ones, to the dismay of Val, who gets always gets annoyed by that. Oh, of course. And, uh, yeah, we've been playing it. We were trying to 100%, and it's just such a good feeling to play with somebody else right next to you. Like, we're, Val yeah. and I have been playing all the Halo games. We're up to... We just beat Halo 3. Played Halo 1, oh. 2, Reach, and 3. Co-op Halo. So oh, good. it's so good. And, and Halo 5, they didn't have it in there. You gotta play... It does has oh, no sucks. couch co-op. So I think the new Halo is gonna have couch co-op again. But yeah, just to go back to my point, like, man, couch co-op is just so good. I, I, I didn't know Tropical Freeze had couch co-op. Yeah, yeah, you pick... You know, one person picks... The, you have a, a selection of characters. You could be like Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Dixie... And uh, Cranky Kong, who Elisa immediately grabbed. So are you and, playing it for the Switch or the Wii U? It on the Switch. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So i got to get th- further in that. Uh, I also downloaded this game called Ion Fury. I saw a review of it online. I guess it came out like a couple years ago. And it's, it's sort of an indie game. And it's made by the folks that made um, Duke Nukem 3D back in the day. Uh, but it also has some of the level designers that did, like, uh, Shadow Warrior and um, Blood and a few other of these games done on this one engine called the Build Engine. That's what Duke Nukem 3D was done on. So it's like a throwback game, but it's not a throwback game to, like, uh, you know, the 1980s, like Shovel Knight or something like that. It's a throwback game to, like, 1995. Oh, okay. And it's so it's a first-person shooter. It is fucking awesome. It's, like, the greatest... 1995 first-person shooter ever made. Only it came out this year. Ion Fury. Ion Fury. Um, it, it's so much fun. Um, I'm probably about halfway through. I don't even. I don't even know how many like sections there are. I just beat like this one boss level that I was on. Uh, but it's it's a it's a blast, man. It's so fast-paced. They got voice actors that are on it. I guess the girl who plays the main character, that character's been in three or four different games, and this is just like a you know another game that she's in. And it's a lot of fun. If anyone's a fan of like Duke Nukem 3D back in the day or any of those old old school uh, first person shooters, it's absolutely worth it. I mean, I love it. Can't wait to play more. So yeah, that's what I got, boys. Uh, I do have some news. Are you ready for some news? Always. all right so this news is a little bit of a mishmash um one thing was i don't even know i put this in the news i guess it's really more of a trailer have you guys seen the trailer for kill roy no no it's a new kevin smith slasher movie oh i haven't seen the trailer for it but i heard about it yeah, uh, it looks interesting. It sort of reminds me of, like, there's a... Um, uh, it's like an underground movie called Plank Face, where it's like this boy is sort of trained to be a serial killer. And it, it's sort of along those lines, where it's like this kid, kill, his name's Kilroy, is like this psycho murderer, and there's a girl that's, like, going through. And it, it looks 
interesting, but at the same time, I'm like, Kevin Smith again? Like, how much more do we have to go through this? <laughs> of his horror movies, I mean. I, I just don't know how good they are, and I'm not holding out a lot of hope on this one. That sucks, because I, mean, I have... really like Kevin Smith as a person. Oh, I love, yeah, believe me, his podcasts yeah. and his, like, his stand-up and all that other stuff, amazing. I just, I don't love his modern movies. No. What was that? I just farted. <laughs> good lord. <sighs> oh my god. It's all last jokes and anecdotes coming from me tonight, guys. That's alright. Good God, Shane. Just be thankful. You can't smell it. Hmm. That is one thing I'm thankful oh, for. Fuck me, that reeks. Jesus. <laughs> so, also in the news, uh, we had a new trailer for the Doom Eternal DLC, the first DLC uh, release for it. And surprisingly, it's all like a story driven DLC add on. I didn't know they still made those things. I thought they were all fucking, you know new skins and new guns and new enemies and stuff, but I guess it's like they're actually putting out additional game content. Hmm. So, I'm pumped for that. I can't wait. I love that Doom game, and I welcome more of it. Um, also floating around, Paul W.S. Anderson is developing a Mimic television series. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> really? Are, are you guys like... fans of the Mimic movies? I have I have all three of them on Blu-ray. I liked the first movie. Right. The uh, first one was Del Toro, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one was good. Uh, the second one, I don't really remember. Yeah. And I remember... <clears throat> yeah, go on. Sorry. I remember the third being, like, in the future almost, and they're like... I don't know. They're, like, fighting the monsters, and they're under... I don't know. I remember the third being really weird. I don't remember any of them. Yeah, I, I don't oh. know how much we could take of fucking Mimic. Like, I, it was a good single movie at the time. Uh, I don't know if I want to watch a TV show about it. Ah, but you're going to get one. Yeah, well, great. By one of the, the horror greats, Paul W.S. Paul w. S. Anderson. Anderson. Listen, he's had a good movie. I like the first Resident <laughs> Evil. But... Yeah, I did too, but the rest of them sucked. Resident Evil 2 wasn't bad. They just got more far-fetched and more irritating. When in doubt, always add psychic abilities to your character. Yes. If when you have nothing doubt, else... When psychic. in doubt, always get your wife who can't act for shit, but looks really pretty to star in all of your movies. Hey, man, she's going to be in Monster Hunter, so... Yeah. Is she playing the Monster Hunter, or is she something else? I don't, I've never played the game. I've, I've played a handful of the hours on the DS version I didn't like, but... Uh, I guess she, I mean she's on the poster, so I'm assuming she is the Monster Hunter, right? Because you, uh, from what I understand, the Monster Hunter is like anybody, right? You can you make your own character, it could be a boy or a girl or whatever. Hey, this is 2020. Okay, could be anything, there's baby. there's thousands of genders, and That's right. I need you to not be so ignorant, Ryan. And I'm <laughs> one of those genders. I'm hoping that comes up is uh, a, a gender of Tales from the Hood three. Ooh, look at that transition. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that makes so much sense. So uh, there's a clip got released of Tony Todd in a, uh, a Tales from the Hood three coming out from Sci-Fi. Poor guy. Um, how come no one told me there was a part two? 
well, because it did terribly. I must have completely missed that. From everyone I've seen who've watched it, they all said it was garbage. But I, I mean, th- seen it. this clip uh, of three, it actually looks pretty good. It looks like it's got good production value. Tony Todd looks like he's fucking awesome because why wouldn't he be? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, maybe I need to check out two and see what's going on there. I used to watch one all the time. I think I two's on Netflix. Ooh. I think. Right, let me go to justwatch.com. Let's go to Netflix.com. Because Just Watch tells you what movies are on which. Uh... Uh... Tales from the Hood 2. Yeah, justwatch.com, in case nobody knows, is a website where you type in a movie, it'll tell you which streaming services it's on. And yes, it's on Netflix. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll have to add that to my watch list. So I can be severely disappointed. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, all right, boys. Let's get to our main topic here. So sadly, uh, like six months ago, uh, when we should have been recording this, um, John Saxon has passed away. Uh, also, Wilford Brimley, too. Yeah, Val got hit on by Wilford Brimley. Really? Yeah, we went to a thing reunion in Texas, and uh, Wilford Brimley was there, and she was getting it, getting something signed by him, and he kept like flirting with her. This like decrepit old man in a wheelchair. It's like, but did he have his cowboy hat on? Yeah, he did. Looking, uh, looking did. Val up and down. And, oh my god! And I was like, Val, you should be honored. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! So aside from Wilford Brimley, John Saxon passing. Uh, I was a big fan of John Saxon. I loved him in a ton of stuff. A lot of horror movies he was in, action movies, all kinds of nonsense. And thought we just, I don't know, go over some uh, some Saxon movies, and um, you know, see what was going on. Uh, one thing I saw from him that this sounds insane. Uh, it's a movie that's being made right now, and it's called "Bring Me the Head of Lance Henriksen." Yeah. What? It's it stars Tim Thomerson as the main character, who uh, he he was the guy that was in Trancers and Doll Man, one of my uh, full moon favorite movies. Um, and Tim Thomerson wants to kill actor Lance Henriksen because Lance Henriksen keeps getting all the good parts, and Tim Thomerson can't get any. And the movie also features Adrian Barbeau, and apparently John Saxon was in it for a little bit. I don't know what the fuck it's about, but I want this. It's yeah, in it post-production because it's yeah. saying that it came out in 2010. What? Yeah. According to IMDb, it's 2010. Oh. Well, Mike, type it into that search engine you just saw. Well, it said <laughs> now it says production notes for IMDb Pro. Status is post-production. So I wonder how long this has been in post-production. Ten years. That's it. Guess so. Yeah, right, 2010. Holy shit. Damn it, but it sounds good. Oh, well, what are you going to do? I'm sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> you burst it, Mike. Thanks a lot. Hey, John oh, Witherspoon. <laughs> Who is? John Witherspoon. Now, he's dead, too. Great. Shane, what is going on over there? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> oh, my God. Chaos. That would All be right, my so neighbors. It's... 
let's talk some John Saxon here, boys. How do you want to do this? You want to just go through the movies, or do you have something you wanted to uh, talk about individually? Well, I did notes on two movies. Excellent. Well, why don't you pick a movie, Mike? We'll start with that one. Uh, okay. I will start with uh, Blood Beast from Outer Space slash The Nightcaller. Because it's, it's an either-or type of situation with the title. So it's a, uh, a UK movie starring John Saxon, Maurice Denham, Patricia Haynes. Um, it's a sci-fi flick. You know, those 60s good uh, sci-fi movies. I think this came out in like 65. Um, but it's about some scientists seeing an object hurtling towards Earth. And they go out to like go find it. Because they say how big it is and it's coming towards Earth's atmosphere. And it's uh, not shrinking. Um, so when they go out into this field, they're met with uh, the army. The army's there trying to look for this giant object that was supposed to be falling from the sky. And while combing the area for a large object, they stumble upon a small round rock. And they bring the rock in and they test it for radiation. The army thinks that it could be a different country trying to spy on them or it could be uh, like a nuclear weapon. Um... They keep bugging the scientists, and the scientists are all, you know, John Saxon, Maurice Denham, the people I just said. Uh, and then when the object is left alone with somebody, it actually starts to glow, and it gives people massive headaches. And the people claim to see other figures in the room when they're left alone. So the rest of the movie is about, like, what the object is and what it's doing to people and how it's affecting people. Um, since on the cover of the, uh, the poster in the DVD or whatever, there, there's just, like, a giant spoiler. It's, like, they just, like, discover what's happening in the last, like, ten minutes, but it's on the front of the, the poster. Um, it's discovered that alien beings are popping out from the small round object, and they are uh, abducting women so that they can continue breeding their own species on their planet. Nice. Yes. So uh, one of the highlights for me is uh, Patricia Haynes, whose her name is Anne in the movie. She's alone finishing up her shift when she sees a glow from the door where the object is being stored. Uh, she's basically mind controlled to walk to the door. When she approaches the door, she opens it and an alien like arm extends and grabs her her arm. Uh, she screams for help, breaks free and uh, hits the emergency alarm. And then when people come up to see what's wrong, there's no one there. Besides that small object. Uh-oh. There we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good one. Um, <laughs> thanks. It's it's pretty good, like, classic 60s alien film. Uh, John Saxon's great in it. Um, but, it, you know, it's also a 1960s alien film. So you've kind of, like, seen this before. Uh, mm-hmm. It's your basic sci-fi. John Saxon's trying to hit on Anne the whole time, and <laughs> in the beginning, he's like, "Hey, you want to come back to my place?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "Ah, well, I tried." <laughs> I started to laugh. You're not Wilford Brimley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. It's uh, it's pretty good. I think I I watched it on YouTube because I think it was either this one or the next movie I was going to talk about where it was on Amazon Prime, and I was all geared up to watch it, and then they took it off. They're like, oh, it's not available in your country. And I have a VPN, but even then, I was like, I don't feel like doing all that. <laughs> right. Then I got to log into Amazon again in a different Yeah, different I'm like, no. Window. Ah. Sweet. So that sounds good. Uh, let me see. Let me pick one of my sex and movies that I got here. Um, so one that I watched uh, was an older film 
Um, Evil Eye, a.k.a. The Girl Who Knew Too Much. Uh, 1963, directed by Mario Bava. And this film is it's an Italian movie, and it's often credited as being the first true giallo movie. Uh, it's in black and white, and it's one of Bava's uh, last films in black and white. He then made the switch to color. And uh, it's this is a movie that's absolutely gorgeous. Like if you're if you're into black and white movies, this is one that where if you get I think I have the Blu-ray. Yeah, I got a Blu-ray of it, and it's like the the picture is like pristine and I don't know. There's something about having like a black and white movie that looks like re- super sharp and crystal clear that it just it pops off the screen. I don't know. Um, but if uh, for anyone who doesn't know what a giallo is, it's an Italian film. Um, and it's called Giallo because uh, they used to have, sell these little, um, these small books, uh, novelettes, that were like mysteries. And they're sort of whodunit mysteries. And there's always like a mysterious killer and there's like a girl that's caught in the middle of it. And the books were always, always had like a yellow cover. And Giallo is yellow, yellow in Italian. So um, that's where the name comes from. And uh, this movie sort of, I don't know, I, I don't know that... Uh, it stands on the shoulders of those, but the girl is literally reading one of those novels in the beginning of the movie uh, when she's on an airplane, like, smoking up fucking cigarettes like it's nobody's business. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, 1960s international travel. Um, so this woman basically travels. She's an American. She goes to Italy uh, to visit her aunt, I think, and she gets sort of caught up in uh, in a fiasco where... She sees somebody get murdered on these steps um, and then like wakes up and it and people are telling her she's hallucinating and that murder occurred like a decade before and she's like reliving these murders and they're from uh, this guy called the Alphabet Killer and John Saxon plays her doctor who's Italian in the film although um, I, I believe if you watch the English version it's just John Saxon speaking English. Um, I was watching... Yeah, I was watching the English one. Yeah, it was definitely his voice. I've watched the Italian version, uh, which I think goes by the name The Girl uh, Who Knew Too Much. And that one, I, I, I like half the people are dubbed and half the people, well, they're all dubbed, but half of them are dubbed with their own voice and half of them are dubbed with some other Italian actors. So it gets a little dicey as to, uh, you know, which one you want to watch. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. Um there's like all these visions of uh, murders that she's experiencing and she, and she eventually she's being stalked and she gets a little psychotic and sets all these booby traps like in her room with like string going back and forth everywhere. And like uh, dust clouds that kick up to like trap the killer so that footsteps can't come through. And then uh, at one point, John Saxon hears the girl scream, so he comes busting into her room, and it's like a Three Stooges skit where he tumbles over all these ropes <laughs> and gets, like, smashed. Pots are falling on top of him. He's covered in uh, covered in uh, white powder and stuff. It's pretty funny. Um, but, yeah, of course, John Saxon seduces the lady, because why wouldn't he? Um, the uh, Italian doctor on the town, obviously. And, yeah, I recommend this one, especially if anyone's into uh, Giallo films, this being maybe the first or at least one of the earliest uh, representations of it. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, there's not really any gore or anything in it, but, uh, but yeah, it's good, and you can see where a lot of the tropes of, uh, of that sort of style of film are sort of baked in right from the beginning. So, yeah, that's about it for that one. Cool. 
Shane, you got a John Saxon you want to talk about? I do actually. Um, <clears throat> I remember watching this when I was when I was a young I was a young child. I was about eight years old. Um, Cannibals in the Streets, otherwise known as Cannibal Apocalypse, um, starring John Saxon as a mentally unstable Vietnam vet um, amongst who amongst a group of other people were held captive by the Viet Cong come back to America after being rescued carrying a dangerous virus that turns people into cannibals who are bitten. Um, and basically, it's John Saxon gets bitten by a POW, John Morgan, who has been infected with some sort of cannibal virus. A few decades later, in Atlanta, Georgia, Saxon wakes up from a nightmare flashback of what actually happened back in the NAM. Saxon then receives a call from Morgan asking him if he wants to go out for a drink, but Saxon refuses remembering the incident in NAM. Morgan has turned into a cannibal and is soon, and is soon on the run after biting into a woman's neck. He barricades himself in a department store and shoots some folk with a shotgun. Cannibal virus spreads and soon Saxon joins veterans Morgan and Tony King, along with some others, to wreak havoc. And I always remember watching this because I can always remember watching the scene where they're talking about the uh, when they're in the POW camp. And it's basically there's a guy who gets um, set on fire and they're like in a bamboo cage. And it's John Saxon and this, this black guy, they're in this bamboo cage. And this guy catches on fire or gets set on fire. He dies and basically they drag his corpse into their cage and they start to eat him. And I distinctly remember this, and that kind, that scene kind of stuck with me um, for many years. And as the movie progresses, and they're trying to run away from the from the uh, the forces of good, um, in other words, they're being chased by a load of coppers in the sewers. And there was always one scene where John Saxon shoots this guy in the back, and it basically leaves a gaping hole in his stomach where his stomach was, and he's hanging from like these bars that are in this tunnel. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a funny film, you know, in hindsight. But, um, yeah, that came out in 1980. That was um, directed by Anto- Antonio Margaretti. Ooh, um, he's a classic yeah. Italian schlockmaker. Yeah, um, written by Margaretti, Dardano Sacchetti, and um, who's the other guy? Oh, that's it. Mm. Yeah, so you've got John Saxon, Elizabeth Turner, Giovanni Lombardi, Radis, Cinzia de Carolis, Tony King, Wallace Wilkinson, and like a few other people, Laura Dern's in it. Uh, oh, Laura Dean. Really? So, no, Laura Dean. Sorry, I misread that. My glasses are fucking steamed up. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that caught um, me off guard too. I was like, really? Was gonna say, she'd have been a fetus, I'd imagine, by then. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's like, there's. It's kind of one of those. It's one of those films that's when you look back at it now, it's it's funny um, because. The effects in it are so cheesy, they're so bad. But for it, for the time, it's like some of the cannibal scenes. You actually see John Saxon and this other guy like feasting on this guy's arm and like taking chunks out of his wrist and his his neck and his like stomach and all the rest of it. It's it's kind of funny, you know. It's just really really cheesy. But when you've got an actor like John Saxon 
starring in a cannibal movie, you think to yourself, how far will he go? Yeah, right. He'll do anything. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of brutal for what it is. And it is... Oh, man. It's like, I remember watching it again, and I was just... Uh, I just thought it was really funny, because another f- interesting fact, this was one of the 39 films successfully prosecuted and banned in the UK during the Video Nasty Act. Oh, an actual Video Nasty Act. Yeah. So... That's going back a few years, or that was 1980, so yeah, 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah. But I can't, I can't remember the last time I watched it, but it was just so many American actors being cheesy with lots of cheesy lines, and, you know, it's just cheesetastic. It's an hour and 36 minutes, and it was... Actually, there's another title for it, Apocalypse Domani. So, in other words, Apocalypse Domain. So, this has got, like, three or four titles. So, you've got Cannibal Apocalypse, Apocalypse Domain, Cannibals in the Street. Mm. With a rating of 5.7. Wow, that's actually pretty high for an Antonio Margaretti movie. Yeah. That might, that might be his premiere film, I don't know. <laughs> See, I mean, it's 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 weird, because I remember watching this, I was about seven or eight, I watched it with my dad, and my dad was one of these people who hated horror movies. But because, really? Yeah, but because he thought, because it was a Prisoner of War film, he thought, <laughs> oh, right, it's going to be a war movie. How wrong was he? <laughs> Especially when you got the people sitting there just like... Um, fucking like munching on women's throats and like oh I fancy a little nibble you know and it's like chowing down on some bloke's wrist awesome yeah so I did watch uh, Shane another sort of 80 schlock movie with John Saxon and I don't know if I don't know if it could compare to yours um, but the scorpion with two tails never heard of it so yeah, this one is 1982, uh, directed by Sergio Martino, uh, who makes really bad movies. He also made uh, Hands of Steel, um, Screamers, and uh, Slave of a Cannibal God. Although he did also make Torso, which is awesome. So, the guys he's got hit and miss. But uh, Saxon plays an archaeologist in it, uh, and his wife is investigating his murder. Like, I got all excited. Cause you, you, if you look at this DVD box, it's got, like, John Saxon right on the cover. <laughs> and on the back, it's like, John Saxon stars an archaeologist. You're like, okay, cool. Full John Saxon movie. He's dead within, like, two minutes. Like, not even. And, and the way he dies is so fucking funny. Like, he's standing there, and, like, somebody, like, sneaks up on him and, and grabs his head with two big hands. And it just had get completely spun 180 degrees around and then like he falls down and it's it's john saxon with a coat put on backwards and his arms like turned in as he's laying on the ground it looks (laughs) so fucking funny as if his head's been spun around and i laugh about that and then every kill in the movie was that same kill somebody's head being spun around (laughs) um but yeah, the movie's insane. Like, his wife is investigating his murder, trying to figure out what happened. And there's they're going through these, like... I, I even forget what, 
what um ancient civilization he was investigating i can't remember but um but there's like some type of sacrifices and i think there's some weird god that they were worshiping and there's these crystals that are giving out power and stuff and it turns into complete nonsense and it turns out his wife is some like immortal like a highlander who never dies and the she has to accept the power and then but john saxon keeps popping back in and out in like uh flashbacks to like when they were married it's a weird movie i don't i don't know that i would completely go into it if you're looking to, you know to relive some good john saxon um footage in it because he's really just a footnote in this more of a way to sell the movie than anything else but uh, it was goofy and i won't say that i hated it i just don't know that i'll be visiting it again so that's the uh, the scorpion with two tails so nice um, he got another one, Mike, you want to talk about? Yeah, I did. Um, I also watched Queen of Blood, which oh, is so a... I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's a, another sci-fi horror movie that was made in 1966 by Curtis Harrington. It was also like kind of produced by Roger Corman, but John Saxon's gone on record saying like Roger, Corman, Roger Corman's brother, Gene Corman, had more to do with the movie than he did. <laughs> Um, so basically you already kind of know what you're in for if it's like produced by Roger Corman. Um, but it stars John Saxon, uh, Basil Rathbone, uh, Judy Meredith, Florence Marley, and Dennis Hopper, which I was shocked at. Oh my God. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw Dennis Hopper's name, I had to look it up. I'm like, is this the same Dennis Hopper? It's going to be so, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was some other guy named Dennis Hopper. I just never thought. I don't know. Um, but it, the movie's about. The movie takes place in the future of 1990, mm-hmm. where Earth is contacted by another planet by a radio transmission, and the radio transmission says that they want to visit Earth, and they let they let uh, Earth know that they're going to come soon. So sometime later after that, Earth receives an SOS from one of the ships that and, and has crashed on Mars. So a rescue team is sent, which is uh, Saxon, Hopper, and Meredith. And they find the ship, and they actually rescue one of the aliens. She's this green alien, because, you know, aliens are green. And they rescue her. And then the whole movie basically takes place on the way back from Mars to Earth, because they're going to bring the alien to Earth. Um, But on the way back, it's discovered that this alien, the way that she needs to feed is by blood. So it's sort of like a a space vampire type thing going on. Um, I'll wait for Shane to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like Ziggy settled. Yeah. Apparently, he's moving furniture as well. I'm back. You good over there? (laughs) Yes, Ziggy done a disappearing act, so I'm going to go and look for him. Which he's good at doing. Alright, so uh, one of the, the good scenes in the movie that I really enjoyed was that the discovery of, of 
the alien actually drinking blood. So poor Dennis Hopper is the first victim, and he's just sitting in this chair, and they go to wake him up, and it's discovered that, you know, the the alien that they brought on, which they know nothing about, but as soon as they bring her onto the spaceship, Dennis Hopper is like flirting hard oh, yeah. with this with this alien woman, and uh, he gets he gets entranced by her beauty, man. And uh, yeah, she does whatever any woman would do, and she lures him in and then drinks his blood. And poor Dennis Hopper is just leaning over in a chair, and he's they discover like this mark on him, and she's just laying down in a food coma. Sleep it away. <laughs> they gotta sleep it off. Yeah, she's just sleeping it off, and they end up tying her up, and they try to like figure everything out. Um, one of the things that I really liked about this was the ending. So I'm not, I shouldn't have to say spoilers for like a 50 year old movie, but uh, <laughs> the ending is really neat. So they discover that this alien is actually the queen of her species. And uh, John Saxon and uh, uh, the woman, Judy Meredith, they're the last survivors because this alien won't stop drinking people's blood. Like they've tried giving her like concentrated blood of uh, like, I guess they had backups or something in the ship. And it's just like she's just like going through it like crazy, but she needs like human blood. There we go. And why? Thank you. <laughs> so the ending is they discover that the alien is putting uh, like these pods all over the ship. And after they discover that, you know, she drinks blood, they kind of put two and two together and realize that the only reason why those aliens wanted to come to Earth is for a food source. And the movie ends by them discovering all the spores. They actually get to Earth and they kill the alien by this point. John Saxon and uh, the, the woman, they try to tell the people, the scientists coming in, they're like, hey, you got to be careful because all these spores are, you know, potential other alien beings. She's like growing things. And literally, uh, Basil Rathbone, he's just like shrugs his shoulders like, ah, we'll be careful. And the movie just ends. But it <laughs> ends with like a close up on the spores and uh, Basil Rathbone's hand. Like, you know. Like they're not going to be careful, and the whole world's doomed now. So yeah, it was it was a really good movie. Um, apparently, it had a super super low budget, and the mainly the special effects were taken were taken from two other big budget Soviet movies. So really? yeah, yeah, like you could tell this is a pretty low budget flick. And I guess apparently, according to John Saxon, uh, Dennis Hopper, like throughout the whole movie, Dennis Hopper tried very hard to keep a straight face because he couldn't get through a lot of his lines without smirking. So, yeah, man. Yeah. For a while, this movie was actually hard to find before they started uh, uh, putting it on streaming. I think this is on Amazon now, I think. right? Yeah, that's how I watched it. it was on Prime. Yeah, yeah, it was tough to come by for a while until I think, I don't remember who it was, whether it was Warner Brothers or whoever, uh, started releasing it on, um, oh, what do they call it, DVD-R uh, by request or whatever, where they, if you order a copy of it, they literally print you one and send it to you. They don't, they didn't like mass produce them. Oh, wow. Um, 
but yeah, the screen Warner Screen Archives or Warner something or other. I can't remember how they what they called it. Uh, I remember picking this up at a uh, horror convention before because I'm like, oh my god, John Saxon, Dennis Hopper, old movie with vampires, hell yeah. And I think like you ever seen Life Force? Oh yeah, of course. I think Life Force like maybe saw this movie and was like, oh, hot space vampire. Yeah, yeah, we're just we're just gonna take that. It was cool because I knew nothing about this movie before watching it. I just, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this sounds kind of cool. And then all of a sudden when she started drinking people's blood, I was like, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> now I'm on board. Yeah, uh, to be honest, though, I think this movie could probably fit well in, like, a mystery science theater. <laughs> like, I think You think so? Would... I don't think it's that bad. No, I, I'm not saying that it's that bad, but I think that it would, like, fit in. You'd be like, okay, I could see him doing this. I think Blood Beast... Would fit in way more <laughs> than this. Possibly. But speaking of Mystery Science Theater, Mike. Uh-oh. John Saxon was in one oh, of my oh. favorite Mystery Science Theater movies. Yep. Uh, Mitchell. <laughs> Joe Don Baker. And that episode is like the funniest goddamn thing <laughs> I've ever seen. I... If you're going to watch, like, that's definitely easy my top five Mystery Science Theaters. Mitchell's up there. It's it's one of the best. And the fact that John Saxon's in it just makes it even better. <laughs> Which is a really, really horrible movie about a disgusting, fat, uh, like, what, is, is, he, is that the one where he's a detective or is that the one where he's a sheriff? I don't remember. I don't there's remember. A, there's been a couple Joe John Baker movies where he plays just a disgusting, fat law officer solving a crime. Pretty damn fun. <clears throat> um, yeah. All right, let me see here. I got another one that I watched recently um, was uh, Tenabre, or uh, as I, I'll always mispronounce it as Tenabre. It's, it should be uh, Tenabre, um, but it's not how it's baked into my brain. I just I can't do it. So this was a 1982 Dario Argento film. Um and this is one of his better ones. It's This one's kind of a, di- a divergence from the rest of his giallos in that he filmed it in uh, a slightly different manner. Usually if you watch some of Dario's like um, earlier works as giallos, they're like super artistic and, and exaggerated. It's almost like a surreal world that the characters are living in. This one is much more like uh, gritty and down to earth. And supposedly, he got inspired um, from uh, from watching um, Possession. And after after seeing that, he was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna make a movie that's gritty and like you know, sort of uh, more realistic, like that was." So I thought that's a nice nice little touch. These two movies sort of tie together. That's really cool. And um, yeah, so this this one, it's it's a classic giallo. It's super violent. It's got tons of nudity um there's a killer with black gloves dario argento of course plays the black gloves where he kills his his actors and um he's not the killer he's not in the movie himself but he always plays the hands of the killer that's one of his uh, one of his staples and yeah it, it's just a blast it's got a soundtrack by goblin and like the lead song on this is so fucking good it's like that cult, like all the great Goblin soundtracks like Suspiria and like, you know, even Dawn of the Dead and some of the other ones like this one definitely fits right up there with some of the best. 
I was just looking at the um, trivia, actually, and um, some of the background music used in Tenebrae was leftover score from Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, it was actually, there's one scene in, like, a shopping center where the the girl's, like, in a store, and they're using Dawn of the Dead background music. I'm like, come on, that's fucking great. Um, One of the big um, uh, highlights of the movie is this one amazing shot where the camera pans, excuse me, from, like, inside a window, and it sort of comes out the window, and it's all one shot, and, like, it pans along the side of the house following the characters as they go through the house from window to window, and it ends with this girl getting killed, and it's, like, fucking... Like, nowadays, you wouldn't even think about it, because people have, like, these robotic boom mics and fucking drones or whatever they could do this shit with, but back then, you didn't have, like, all those fancy things to do, especially on a moderately low-budget movie. You know, this isn't, like... I'm not saying this is uh, scraping the gutter, but it's not like uh, filming movies nowadays. And um, there's some great camera work in it. Um, so yeah, this one is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, it has uh, Dario Nicolodi in it, who is um, uh, Dario Argento's, uh, not wife, but girlfriend, I guess at the time. She's the mother of uh, Aja Argento. And uh, John Saxon plays a book. No, he's the um, manager or the agent of, uh, of this uh, famous book writer who writes a book called uh, Tenebrae. And like John Saxon's like always following behind the guy and he's wearing this goofy hat through the entire movie. And he references it like three or four times. He's <laughs> like, what do you think of my hat? Do you like my hat? It's a great hat, right? I can't be crazy. And um, the guy's like, I don't know, man. How does it stay on your head? He's like, what do you mean? He does like a little dance <laughs> like to show that the hat stays on his head. I don't know. It, it's just funny. There's a, there's a story where um, somebody was a huge fan of this movie and they went up to John Saxon to like, oh, could you please autograph this movie? And he looked at it. He's like, I'm not in that. And they're like, yeah, you are. And he's like, no, I'm not. And like they wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't believe him until like they brought up their phone and like brought up IMDb. He's like, look, you're in it. And he goes, huh? So I am. All right. <laughs> That's hilarious. It just shows like he was in so many movies back in the day. Uh, American movies, Italian movies, whatever. He was he was in it. But um but he's he's kind of funny. He's not a big part in this movie. Doesn't play one of the main main characters. He's more of a side character, but uh he's still good for a laugh and has some uh some chase scenes where he's got to be running through the streets and stuff. So that's always good. But yeah, that's a that's a classic one. So what else you got? You guys got any other ones you can think of? I do, actually. Hang on, where is it? I've got one. It's a classics children's sci-fi action adventure from 1980 called Battle Beyond the Stars. Ooh. Right, I'm just going to clarify, right, when this movie came out, Shane was I saw it... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> when this movie came out, I was a youngster. I was six years old in 1980, so screw you and your ageist jokes. Um, (laughs) But basically, I absolutely loved this film when I was a kid. I've not seen it for a long, long time, and I've I've found it on Blu-ray, so I am actually going to be buying it this week at some point. But Battle Beyond the Stars for me, I just loved everything about it, and it was... It was just fantastic. You know, it's directed by Jimmy T. Murakami and Roger Corman. 
and there was the uh, screenplay was written by John Sayles and Anne Dyer, and this features Richard Thomas, who was in The Waltons and the original TV series, TV movie of It. Um, it's got Robert Vaughan, George Peppard, Sybil Danning is in it as well. Ooh, you Sybil know, Danning. Sy- yeah, Sybil, Sybil Danning. She was beautiful back in the day. Um, and it's basically, this film is about a, a young farmer sets out, right, this is the basic storyline. A young farmer sets out to recruit mercenaries to defend his peaceful planet, which is under threat of invasion by the evil tyrant Sador and his armada of aggressors. Sador is played by John Saxon. And in, it's, it's just one of those really cheesy classic movies from the 1980s it's like so unbelievably sci-fi it's fucking crazy and james cameron was um was had something to do with it as well i'm trying to think what it was what he had to do with it cameron used to work for corman so if this was a corman production i wouldn't be surprised yeah um but it's uh it's just it's Basically, one of those films where he, or it's this this kid basically goes around space, and he basically gets his ragtag group of alien misfits together to help him fight against Sadal and Sybil Danning. I will always remember her outfit because she was so scantily clad. There was she was wearing like some kind of fucking bikini. And she she was like this warrior princess kind of deal, and she looked stunning, and I fell for her big time um, when I was a kid. And she, I was just like, who is that woman? Um, and Robert Vaughan, I, I don't really remember much about his character, but I know he wasn't overly great. But Sybil Banning's outfit, I'm actually looking at the images now. I was convinced that when I was a kid, she had no nipples. <laughs> because but, because her outfit is very revealing, and it's kind of like one side of it is like her whole tit is exposed, but it looks like she has no nipples. And I, it was just the way she went crazy in space, and she had this warrior cry, and as she went into battle and stuff. Oh and my she was, god! I'm looking up some images now. Holy yeah, crap! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see her, and then I see that it's rated PG, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh, man, it's got some great posters. This poster, the spaceship looks like a huge nutsack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, look at this thing. It's a couple of droopers here. Yeah, but it's like John Saxon with the pale blue makeup and the scar or the birthmark down his left eye as well it's just really really cool but it's like Sybil Banning in her other outfit it just looks it looks like hands cupping her breasts yep yeah and I can always remember watching that when I was a little kid and I was like oh my god she's amazing (laughs) you know who is she and yeah it's just some of the characters in it were um, were so cheesy and so funny and I can always remember seeing Sadal's ship 
like when it loomed over all the other ones, it's like, yeah, they're not going to last too long, are they? <laughs> but it was just like some of the characters in it. I mean, they were just they were just fantastic characters, and it's like how they all defended to the last. And George Peppard playing the cowboy, I thought I always thought was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I'll, I have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Scream Factory or, or uh, what, the other Shout Factory. Yeah, that's Shout Factory. Yeah, yeah. That, so that's the copy I'm looking for. I'm looking to get. I'm going to get it next week. So that's going to be my treat to myself. But that came out February 1981 in the UK, mm. and I remember my mother taking me to see it at the cinema. So. And then every time it came on TV, I'd be out doing something. And my my dad would look through the paper. And he'd be like, Shane, that'll be on the starters on TV. Like, oh, yes, I'll be in for that, you know. And I would literally jump down with a bag of, chip, bag of potato chips and, like, some snacks. And I would sit there and watch the entire thing. And if anybody tried to turn the TV over, I would throw stuff at them. Because that was my movie to watch. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. So I just thought that was amazing. I just, fucking, oh, do you know, I really can't wait to get that again. Remember when they used to have TV listings in the newspaper? Yes. That was the best. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they still do in the UK. Get the hell out of here. No, seriously? seriously, they still do. How was there that few channels that you can listen in the newspaper? Yeah, but back in the UK, back in the day, in the 1980s, we had, up until 1982, we only had three channels. We had BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV, and then in 1982, Channel Four was introduced. Groundbreaker. Yeah, and then I think it was 1983, um, we had Cable. Cable was introduced. And I used to go around to my ex-sister-in-law's house, and she used to be able to tune into some of the cable channels on her neighbor's ca- on on her tv so we'd go around there and we'd watch like music channels you know, it's like mtv kind of light you know and watching mtv for the first time it was amazing you know back when mtv played music ah uh, the good old days mm. well beavis and butthead are coming back for like the sixth yes. or seventh time yeah so I'm sure that'll be just that. as good as the last couple times they came back. Yeah. So season 11, season 9 or something? Oh, who knows. Who cares? It's Beavis and Butthead for fuck's sake. I watched yeah. a little bit of it when it returned the first or second time. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I didn't see any of the returning ones. I just never bothered to watch them. Really because when Red and Stimpy went away and then they came back the first time, uh, and I watched those. I was like, "This is horrible." Yeah. <laughs> See, I remember. Me hate what I, I liked when I was a kid. I remember watching Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead back in the day, along with The Max. Oh, The Max, sure. Aeon yeah. Flux. Yeah, Aeon Flux. Um, oh, what else was there? Because they were all MTV exclusives, weren't they? Yeah. Um, shit. Oh, no, Ren and Stimpy was Nickelodeon, but maybe they were on MTV. Yeah, it, Ren and Stimpy, they would put it on the BBC Two channel at 6pm on a Monday night. I remember that. Check, I, check I, your local listings. 
<laughs> yeah. Because I'd go around to my friends on a Monday night because it was always a long day. I'd get up in the morning, go to the job centre and then meet my friends for um, unlimited amounts of coffee. So we'd go into a local, there used to be a theatre and I had a cafe. Well, the theatre still exists and the cafe still exists, but you used to go in, you could drink as much coffee for 60 pence. And I think my world record was 15 cups of coffee. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, So I made up for it. You know, it was like they'd come past, we'd be sitting there chatting and going to the toilet and just talking away and being typical young adults discussing the finer points of life and drinking vast quantities of coffee. I once blacked out after drinking 11 monsters. Oh my well, God. No fucking shit. Holy That's monsters yeah. for you. I, uh, went, my buddy and I went to a, uh, Ozfest, which was only in Texas one year. It was 2008. We had VIP passes and it was free monsters and hot dogs. Oh my God. My, my buddy, my buddy had fifteen hot dogs, like in between, like fifteen and twenty hot dogs, and I had eleven monsters. And I remember having such a bad migraine during Ozzy, where I completely blacked out. I don't even remember like falling asleep. I fell asleep in like this VIP area, and I woke up for Metallica, and I watched all of Metallica, and they brought in King Diamond and everything. It was an awesome oh, wow. show. Yeah, it was really cool. I remember that, but I don't remember. Ozzy at all, but yeah, I I just had this conversation yesterday. So when you said you're talking about your coffee record, my buddy's like, "Hey, remember you almost died on Monster?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> now my real question is, which one of you had the worst shits? The guy that ate 15 hot dogs, or you that drank 15 monsters? Probably Shane, because I was peeing pure like orange after <laughs> after that. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, guys, I got one last John Saxon to cover here. Go ahead. And it's by far my favorite. Um, 1973, Enter the Dragon. Oh, my God. I get, like, I'm orgasming just thinking about watching it, and I just watched it, like, a week ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Enter the Dragon, uh, of course, stars Bruce Lee, uh, was directed by uh, Robert Klaus. And um, it was supposed to be Bruce Lee's big entry into American cinema. Um, it was one of the biggest uh, kung fu movies ever made in terms of budget at the time. And it was like sort of meant to break kung fu into the mainstream, like to be in all the theaters, not just sort of midnight screenings and stuff that they were, you know, showing kung fu movies back in the day. Um, I grew up with this movie. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've watched it. it it's got to be in the hundreds easily. Uh, we would watch Enter the Dragon on, like, a Friday night. And then after it, my, me and my brothers and my father would be so riled up, we'd start Friday night fights where we'd, like, we'd all wrestle and try to fight each other. And uh, all my <laughs> brothers, we'd try to team up and pin my father to the ground. And it would keep going until eventually... One of us would either get hurt, give up, or we would crack our skull on the fireplace that's downstairs, and my mom would come downstairs screaming at us to stop. <laughs> Every Friday. I mean, like, it happened so many times. I can't tell you how many times my little brother walked away in tears. <laughs> because we get so fired up watching this movie. Uh, so in it, John Saxon, he plays a gambler uh, who's looking to make some real money at a martial arts tournament that's held on a mysterious island owned by a maniacal drug lord. Uh, Bruce Lee is the star, obviously. 
Uh, he's on the island for two reasons. Uh, one is to investigate the misdeeds of the evil Han and to get revenge for the death of his sister uh, by the, the scummy and oafish O'Hara, uh, who is one of Han's henchmen. Um, also in the movies, Jim Kelly, who would go on to be Black Belt Jones and a few other awesome kung fu movies. Um, and, and like these three guys made the heroes of the film. So uh, one of the other main bad guys is played by uh, Bolo. Uh, well, the character's name is Bolo, and he's played by Bolo Jung, uh, who people would most likely recognize from Bloodsport. If you haven't seen Under the Dragon, the bad guy in Bloodsport is Bolo. And he's always, every movie, he's called Bolo, basically. Um, he, he's the bad guy in every, like, 80s and 90s kung fu movie. It's awesome. So back to Saxon, anyway. Uh, he does a great job playing this, like, lovable but flawed character. Uh, he's always trying to get a one-up on somebody. And, like, he's constantly betting throughout the movie. Like, there, there's one scene where there's um, two, two praying mantises. They're having, like, a praying mantis fight on a ship. And, like, he walks in. He's like, oh, what do we got? A fight going on? All right, I'm going to put some money. I put money on the big one. And, like, Bruce Lee bets against him for the little one. And, of course, John Saxon loses his money. Because how is Bruce Lee going to lose at anything, even gambling? Um, but, like, you can see they're, they're, like, joking to each other. He's like, oh, I'll have to pay you back sometime. And um, it, it's weird to see Saxon in a kung fu movie, <clears throat> if you're familiar with his other films, because he's never really like a big action star, you know? But in this, he's actually doing martial arts and stunts and like karate and stuff. And uh, in real life, uh, John Saxon was trained in uh, judo, Shotokan karate. And of course, he was trained in Jeet Kune Do, which is Bruce Lee's fighting style under Bruce Lee himself. And, um, you know, the two would go on to be friends um, up until the movie was filmed. Bruce Lee died shortly after. And uh, the one time that I got to meet John Saxon, uh, we had we got to have a discussion on martial arts and stuff. And he signed an autograph for my father because my father's such a big Enter the Dragon fan. And it was a picture of Saxon and Bruce Lee together. My dad still has it framed and mounted like on his desk. It's one That's of his, awesome. Like, oh, it's so good. So my dad was upset when Saxon passed away. Um, the movie itself, it's fucking amazing if you're into like kung fu or martial arts movies at all i mean even when you watch something like you mentioned the raid earlier shane and you can tell the influences that enter the dragon like departed on something like the raid where like like in the raid there's that scene where there's the little guy who has to take on like two guys and he's like nearly unstoppable yeah Oh, it, it's such a great scene in that. But, like, there's scenes like that in Enter the Dragon where it's like, it, only it's Bruce Lee. There's an entire swarm of men coming to t- take on Bruce Lee, and he just lays waste to all of them. One of whom is Jackie Chan in one of his earlier ro- roles. He plays, like, a guard. And you can only see him for, like, a, a split second. You're like, oh, that's Jackie Chan right there. And he just gets, like, decimated by Bruce Lee. <laughs> Um, the movie also had influence on like a ton of stuff, uh, fighting games especially, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Like the whole plot of Mortal Kombat is basically just Enter the Dragon, traveling to a mysterious island for a martial arts tournament, and like the main character Liu Kang is just basically Bruce Lee. Like it, it really is. It's but it's it's so good. Um, if anyone hasn't seen Enter the Dragon, I don't even mean for like a horror exploitation, or even if you're not a fan of Kung Fu, this is like one of the best. You like have to watch it. Even Elisa got into it. She loved the movie too. Um, At least I told her she has to say that. And if, if she doesn't actually love it, she has to lie to me about it. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's really funny because my brother Lloyd, he was a massive Bruce Lee fan. Oh yeah. And he absolutely loved Enter the Dragon. He, 
his trivia about that movie was fucking ridiculous because it's obviously this is pre-internet so obviously i mean when i was young and obviously he was eight years older than me so he was well into all of that kind of stuff and he'd watched all the movies and saw it when it was rerun in the cinemas in the uk in the early 80s he would talk about it and you you used to be able to get these um monthly bruce lee fanzines and basically it was kind of like a poster magazine and you had all the info on one side and then when you opened it up it turns into a massive bruce lee poster Hmm. and he had these posters all over his fucking bedroom and you know he would put them on the walls he put them on the ceiling and all that you know, and he had this great big cardboard cutout of Jamie Lee Curtis in the corner from one movie where she's wearing nothing but like leg warmers and very 80s with long curly hair. But um, yeah, it was like he would always, he was Bruce Lee into the dragon. He would always go on about that movie and talking about all the cameos and stuff like that. And that's just fucking. I'd be like, Jesus Christ! You should write a book about that. <laughs> yeah, Criterion Collection. Uh, I don't know if it's new, but Val just bought it. Sold out on Amazon, but it's a uh, Bruce Lee His Greatest Hits collection. Yep. And it's uh, the Big Boss, Fist of Fury, The Way of the Dragon, Enter the Dragon, and Game of Death. Yeah. I think it was death. like sixty bucks for okay, fantastic cool. movies. Yeah, and sixty like... bucks, Mike. That's for the that's for the the sale version of it. No, I know. And I only know this because I bought, like, I, I, pre, I re, uh, pre-ordered it for, like, 120 bucks. <laughs> yeah, Criterion had, like, a huge sale recently. It's probably why it sold out. Yeah, I actually got it sitting right over here. Uh, yeah, that's how I, I watched this recent one. And, like, the cool part about this set is that it, um, for Enter the Dragon specifically, it's got two versions of the film. Um the uncut version, which is actually the more popular one, like that one is the one that's been released on actually VHS, DVD, Blu-ray all before. Oh, excuse me. But the uh, it, this one includes also the theatrical cut, which you could almost never see before. Um, so it's kind of cool that they included that. And I know they also included, I'm trying to see which ones are on here. They included, like, Bruce Lee, they have a ton of, like, Bruce Lee movies that, he had already died from, he already died and they like put Bruce Lee scenes in and called it like Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> There's like three or four of those on this, uh, this set Bruce exploitation films. They call them. It's a subgenre that followed Lee's death. So there's a there's a bunch of uh, Bruce exploitation uh, movies and trailers on here too. Oh yeah, huh. Game of Death two, Game of Death Redux. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah, he he was definitely gone for that. But um, I I think it's just awesome to have this stuff on here. Yeah, it, it, that's a great box set. Uh, if my father actually watched like Blu-rays, I would get it for him. But I I know I I probably have bought him copies of Enter Drag Enter the Dragon before. And uh, I don't know that he could figure out how to change his video input on his TV to watch like a DVD or something. So might not be worth it for him. But yeah, it's a great set. And I I I so once I watched this, Mike, I was like, Oh, I'll watch this and then I watched like three Bruce Lee movies after that. I was so fired up. <laughs> oh, I couldn't go to sleep. I was so I'm like I was like a little <clears throat> kid again watching it. I love that movie. And I should say, so because it's a John Saxon thing, this is my favorite John Saxon movie. He's in it, and he's in it a lot. He's definitely the number two in the film. There's a ton of scenes with just John Saxon and um, 
and uh, Mr. Han, like, like going back and forth and like a little bit of them fighting. And actually, uh, John Saxon is the one who has to take out Bolo in the film. Um, so that's awesome to watch. And like I said, seeing John Saxon kick people's asses, you're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm in. That's awesome. There's one great scene where um, it's earlier in the movie when the martial arts tournament is going on and John Saxon has to fight this like random guy and uh, they're going up against each other. And in the meantime, John Saxon is like trying to run this scam where he's trying to to win money because he's a gambler and he's having uh, Jim Kelly uh, place bets for him with this other guy with a Hitler mustache. So they're like going back and forth, like placing bets and like. John Saxon starts getting his ass kicked by by this guy he's fighting, and he keeps looking back, and Jim Kelly keeps shaking his head no, and John Saxon's like, fuck. And then he gets up and gets his ass kicked again, and he looks back, and Jim Kelly's like, no. And he's like, ah, oh, god damn it, gets his ass kicked again, looks back, and then finally the guy agrees to take, like, this ridiculous bet. Jim Kelly nods, and John Saxon's like, oh, thank god, gets up and just immediately kicks the shit out of this guy. It's so awesome. <laughs> like, he's, like, trying to, like... He's, you know, downplay his skills. Yeah. Uh, so good. Absolutely worth a watch. Pinnacle John Saxon. I mean, there's a million other movies we could have covered that we didn't. Of course, Nightmare on Elm Street. Blood you Beach. Know. Blood Beach. Yep, that's another one. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, he's been. In a I ton actually of asked wars. on the uh, podcast Instagram. I asked what are some people's favorite performances, and three people responded. One of them is Patrick Timothy Shaw, and he said, Cannibal Apocalypse is good, crusty fun. Remember thinking it's one of the better movies of that type. Um, I'm the man in the box, said, probably Nightmare Beach for me, though Cannibal Apocalypse is damn good. Nightmare and, Beach? Like Nightmare Beach Party? I don't know. Oh my god, is he in that? Hang on a second. That's the one that's got a motorcycle motorcycle helmet as the cover. Yes. Oh my God. That's another. It's an Umberto Lenzi movie. Oh my God. John Saxon was in that. Oh. And then uh, Warcraft Wench said, "I'd have to go with Posse from Hell." I used to love westerns, but I seriously would watch anything he was in. Huh. That's pretty cool. So there was one. I it came up, but I didn't remember him being in it. It says he was in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. I don't remember that. Who was he in Dust Till Dawn? He was one of the sheriffs. He was, um, I think he was pretty much at the start. He was at a cameo. Really? Like, yeah. with, um, what's his face? That that guy that's in the other uh, Rodriguez and Tarantino movies. Uh, was it El McGraw? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, like that oh, scene? Yeah, I think so. What was no, I thought that was him and his kid in that scene. I'm just trying uh, to think of where he would have been. Like, it's not at the end, right? Where, like, all the... the no, hang on. He was FBI agent Stanley Chase. Oh, so he must have been in the store in the beginning. So I don't remember him at all, either. No, because that was... Oh, fuck. What was his name? Michael Parks. Yes. Yeah, John Saxon from Dusk. Oh, he was on TV. Yeah. Oh, he, it was, he was like a news clip or something. Yeah, he was getting interviewed. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he was also one of the uh, one of the guys in Beverly Hills Cop Three. 
I think he played a bad guy in that one, maybe. Or maybe he was one of the cops. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I watched 3. The only thing I remember about 3 was I think Axel Foley had a boombox that shot a rocket. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Uh, But yeah, he's in like a million movies. Um, And and he's pretty good in all of them. Nightmare, Nightmare 3. Um, uh, New Nightmare, he was in. He played himself in that one. Yeah. Yeah, those are all classics. I don't know, man. I'm going to miss him. I love John Saxon. He was a nice guy, too. Like I said, I got to meet him that one time. And, uh, you know, he's just a genuine dude. He just talked to you and was super friendly. It's really funny because, I mean, I hear about all these actors passing away. And, I mean, I didn't realize he was 83. I really didn't. I know it sounds silly how he's been in movies since the 1950s or the 1960s. But I just never thought of the fact that he was in his 80s. I always thought he was younger. Yeah, he looked, was, uh, I mean, he always looked pretty good for his age. Yeah. You want to hear something crazy? Go on. So, Wilford Brimley was only two years older. Seriously? Yeah, he looked like he was 75 in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I remember, because that was what? He was in Cocoon. Oh, yeah. 85 Cocoon. Yeah. He was like in an old folks' home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just was 40. He looked like he was 80. Everybody will know him for his diabetes oh, yeah. memes. The beatus. Yeah. Look at you. I feel bad. We didn't cover Wilford Brimley. He was in the thing, right, Mike? We could just we could just say we covered uh, the thing a million times. Yeah, he was in the thing. What else was in? Uh, cocoon, like Shane said, that's one that I remember. Hard yeah. <laughs> Target with Van Damme. Oh my god! Oh my god! That movie's so good. See, I, I, I th- they see I, that wasn't the one in the Bayou. Hard Target and Van Damme punches a snake out and then uses the snake as a weapon while he's like standing on a motorcycle. I think. <laughs> Fucking great movie. He wasn't in. I mean, Rolfer Brimley wasn't in that many movies. Uh, he was in Cocoon the Return. And one of the Ewoks movies. Oh my god. He was the Postmaster General in Seinfeld. Uh, okay. Uh, that was the one where they're questioning Newman. I think so, yeah. Um, like they had him in an office and they got the light pointed on him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when si- uh, Jerry started doing the mail for Newman? And he was doing too good of a job. Yeah. 81% <laughs> of the people got their mail delivered. <laughs> No one's ever broken the 70% mark. That's so weird. I was just talking about that episode yesterday. We're living in the Matrix, I swear. Uh, Well, there's only so so many things we can talk about, Mike. Yeah, actually, there's not a lot of Wilford Brimley on here. I'm surprised. I thought he would have been in a ton more stuff. He was cool, though. He didn't hit on me when I met him, though. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, That's your loss. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Well, I did get him to sign my thing laser disc, so that's really neat. Yeah, when we when Val and I went, uh, oh, Keith David was there. I oh. met Windows, who's like my favorite person I've ever met. It was his first convention, and uh, he was so happy to meet everybody. <laughs> um, Wilford Brimley was there, and what's his face, the director of photography. He's been in. He's done so much stuff. Hold on. 
I'm already on uh, IMDb. Uh, Dean uh, Dean Cundy. Oh, Dean Cundy, yeah. Yeah, so Val got all their signatures, and I didn't. (coughs) I forgot something. Oh, you missed one? No, I forgot. Like, I was going to bring something for all of them to sign, and I forgot it. Yeah. So Val like got a poster and she had all them sign and send. I only got Windows signature on a Blu-ray. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I got a bunch. Uh, Windows, you're talking about Tom Waits. Yeah, uh, he was he's was also in the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And when I when I saw Wilford Brimley, you know, it was again there was another thing situation going on with Keith David and a bunch of the others. And I was talking to him. And I was like, oh, man, I love the Warriors. I just watched it in a movie theater like two weeks ago. It was so good. Guy's so fucking cool. He's like, here, this is for you. And just signs an autograph. He's like, boom, no charge for the Warriors. And I'm like, oh, my God. He was like one of the coolest people I've ever met. He was so happy to meet people. He was so happy to be there. He kept like, because Keith David was right next to him. I think I've said this before, but Keith David was right next to him. And he kept grabbing Keith David. And having people take pictures of both of them just for like the Thomas Waits the charge, and Keith David was like wasn't making any money, and I could tell Keith David was like really annoyed. <laughs> it oh was awesome. God. Yeah, those guys are characters. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Well, they'll be missed. You guys got any last thoughts on either uh, John Saxon or Wilford Brimley? <laughs> no. That's it. The end. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, Shane? Anything else? No, I can't think of anything else. Uh, uh, All right, that was Dave. Was Wilfred Brimley in Batteries not included? Yep. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm thinking of Cocoon. And I'm like, I know I've seen him like in another movie that was like Cocoon. And I think that's Batteries not included. Why am I not seeing it on here? He was also in Our House. When was that, Cocoon? Cocoon, 1980-something. Oh, my God, Remo Williams with Fred Ward. Oof. That, was the, <laughs> that was a Fred Ward action movie. What? Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Guess what? They never made another one. <laughs> Wolford Brimley was in Our House. I guess it was a TV series from 86 to 88. And if you look up at the picture, he looks like he's like a cast... Just took a picture around a dead Wolford Brimley. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah, they're Just like keeping him alive. Him and that was 30 something years ago. 34 years ago. <laughs> he looked terrible. Meanwhile, you know, John Saxon's like doing karate around that <laughs> John time, probably. Saxon's filming a kung fu movie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I'll tell you, I know Wilford Brimley passed this year when I, and I saw him almost like a year ago. Um, he did not, I mean, he was not well, I guess he was, he was relatively sick that weekend. Uh, he didn't make a couple of the days, but, um, I mean, he didn't look like the war. Like I thought when I was going to see Wilford Brimley, I, I thought he was going to look like, you know, like a hundred years old and he did not look that bad. Like he maintained the same age for like a good 30 years. Oh yeah, that's the same so thing to with the age of seventy. That's the same thing with uh, what's his face, Angus Scrim. 
Oh yeah, he always like he's old. always looked old. When I when I met Angus Scrim, he was like, I'm pretty sure he died before I met him. And another, you're describing <laughs> another weekend at Bernie's situation. <laughs> and my buddy Nate, we went to a uh, convention to meet Angus Scrim. I got him to sign like this model uh, Cuda I have from the Phantasm movie. And he, we were standing in line for five hours to meet Angus Scrim, and. At one point, Angus Scrim was like wheeled away to like take a break, and we're <laughs> he said they were going to come back in like an hour, and he wasn't back in an hour. And my buddy, he's six foot seven, he's got such a loud voice, and he's like, "Ah, oh, he's probably dead." Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, "Nate, I'm like, please, you can't like say stuff like that." But that's when you're saying that's how you met like Wilford Brimley. That's what that's what I think of. Oh, jeez. Like, they're just wheeling him around for, like, money, even though he's just, like, been dead. No, I mean, he, Wilford Brimley, he was, all, he was all in on it, you know? He was aware. He knew what was going on. Yeah, he was nice when we yeah. met him. Yep. Nice guy. And he, I can't imagine how many thousands of dollars in diabetes medication he saved people over the years. And in the end, it still got him. <laughs> That's what did it. That's what we're all going to assume anyway. <clears throat> All right, boys, let's wrap this up. Um, so, yeah, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, thanks for joining me, fellas. And if you want to get a hold of the podcast again, the uh, Gmail is allyouneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. Our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, I'm at Ryan Tutelo. On Instagram, All You Need Ryan. And uh, I'm on the Facebook group. I'm on the uh UHM fans Facebook group and on the upcoming horrormovies.com message board I'm always floating around. Yeah, I do I do the uh, all you need is blood podcast uh, Instagram. I'm also on the forum and the Facebook group. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dead Cell Society, although I'm barely using Twitter these days. Um, you can also find me on Instagram um, at RoboGinge74. And that's about it. Excellent. All right, boys. Well, I think we did a pretty good one this time. And, um, yeah, we'll have to think of something decent to do next time. I don't know. So thanks for joining me, everybody, and I'll just say bye for now. Peace. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) That caught me off guard. (laughs) Was that me? (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs)